Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so happy to have you with me here today. I've got an awesome show for you on how Jesus is preparing his bride in this season for the coming move of God with Kim Moss. I just love this conversation, and I know it's going to bless you guys so much. This is a power-packed conversation about what God is doing in this season, in this hour, and how he is preparing us so that we can advance the kingdom of God with violent love, violent grace, and violent faith. And I know this episode is going to encourage you and show you how to advance the kingdom the way Jesus did. Join Kim and I as we bring Jesus out of the Gospels to see how he advanced the kingdom of God. Be sure to check out our show notes. I will have links to Kim's new book, The Way of the Kingdom, in our show notes, as well as additional other resources to help you grow in your walk with Jesus. Uh, I've got a great offer this month for you guys. It's 40 Days with the Holy Spirit. It's an R.T. Kendall bundle. And uh, right now it is 35% off through Charisma. So be sure to check those out. And uh, let's listen in on this conversation on how we can partner with the Holy Spirit to become ready and move with God in the next season. Let's listen in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I am so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me. She is president and CEO of Kim Moss Ministries, the founder and director of Women of Our Time, the author of The Way of the Kingdom, Seizing the Times for a Great Move of God. Dr. Kim Moss, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Christina. I'm so excited to be here and finally meet you. It's such an honor and such a joy to help reveal more of Jesus. And I loved reading through your book, The uh, The Way of the Kingdom, Seizing the Times for a Great Move of God. I've told our listeners a lot about you. Is there anything that you could share with them? Maybe something personal just to help get to know you. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um... I'm actually a mom and a wife of 41 years. I have six grandchildren and they are all boys. Uh, I have been uh, an RN for 22 years before I had this just incredible encounter with the Holy Spirit and he completely changed my life and told me I was going to be in full-time ministry, which I had never 
dreamed of, never even thought was an option for me. Um, but I said yes, and here I am all these years later. I love that so much. You know, I, I think um, God always knows who we are before we know who we are. <laughs> yeah. So true, and it's kind of a journey and a, and a self uh, discovery. And I love that you uh, partner with the prophetic to kind of help people find their way. Yeah, I think it's really important. It's really important to hear the voice of God. It changes your life. Nobody ever told you that God could speak in Sunday school. You went on a journey to hearing His voice, and I just want to encourage all you Sunday school teachers out there: what you're doing has such a powerful impact. Kim went on a journey, but I was so fortunate. I was a kid in Sunday school and somebody told me I could talk to God. And in my little childlike faith, he talked back. But you went on a journey and discovering hearing that voice of God. So it's never too late. Never too late. That is really true. And and the interesting thing is, I think that is important for people who are listening to understand is that God is pursuing us and he, he does ask us to pursue him and he asks us to be listening and listening and hearing God's voice is very, very important in our lives. But in my personal story, um, I wasn't, I didn't even know that he could speak. I never learned that growing mm. up. Um, I, I knew that he spoke through the word. Do you know when you open up God's word scripture mm -hmm. and you read and he speaks to you, that is his letter to us. That is God speaking to us. That is the Holy Spirit who moved on people to write that. And it's God's word to us. So I got that. I understood that. But I didn't know that he could speak to me as though like you and I are having a conversation right now and that I could right. ask him questions about my life and circumstances and that he would speak to me in a very personal uh, way about my personal situations. So that was a, a complete surprise to me. And, um, and it happened in a very, very dark time in my life when I was very, very far from God. And I was in a lot of personal emotional pain. I was in the middle of a divorce actually with my husband and, and I had two little children and I, I was mm. afraid and alone. And I knew I had done everything uh, that was considered sinful and wrong. And, uh, and so I really, at that moment in my life, I, I had never been taught that God could speak to me. And, and then on the other end, I, I felt like I'd been so bad. He wouldn't speak to me. And so I was one day sitting in my apartment, my kids were sleeping in the back bedroom and I heard the audible voice of God and it scared me, frightened me. It was so big. Uh, it filled up. It was like, it filled up the outside in the room and it mm -hmm. filled up me on the inside. And and I, I heard him say to me, go home and I'll take care of everything. It was three weeks before my divorce was final. Mm. And I knew I had to make a major decision and that I, I, need, I would either follow the Lord and say yes and obey him or I would do my own thing. And I knew, and this is not always what happens when you hear the voice of the Lord or interrupts your life, dis disrupts where you're at. Um, but I knew that in that moment it would be, I, I would, I would either go the one direction or the other direction for the rest of my life. I just had that knowing. And so mm -hmm. I chose 
to say yes to God. And I reconciled with my husband. And now, you know, we've been married all these years. He healed us. He, he changed us. It changed my life. And it was, uh, it was several years later. I didn't, I didn't hear the voice of God all the time. After that, it was just that one audible time that shifted my entire life. But, uh, several years Mm -hmm. later, I heard him again, come to me, the voice and, and I received the baptism or the fullness, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, however you want to call it. And, uh, and Mm -hmm. that changed my life again. And that was when he called me to full-time ministry, told me he was going to take me around the world to preach and to speak and to prophesy. And I was like, well, how can this be? I am, I am the mom of, of three little kids now. You know, I'm, I'm a nurse. I was, I was a labor and delivery nurse at a hospital and, uh, I didn't even know that women could be in ministry, really. Yeah, you know, so it it really changed my life again. But I knew it was that voice that I'd heard those years ago that changed mm-hmm. my life. And so I said yes. And when I did, it completely, like, it opened my ear. I could hear God's voice. And hearing the voice of God changes everything because you suddenly begin to understand and hear what he's doing and you get to join him where he's mm-hmm. working. Isn't it just like Jesus to show up in our, our deepest, darkest moments? Yes. That's what he loves to do. You know, I think sometimes we have this I- religious idea that, you know, when we're at our worst, he runs. Yeah. But really, if you look and you read the Bible, it's really when he comes the closest. It's yes, it's really true. He is so he's so kind, isn't he so kind? Mm-hmm. And he's so compassionate. And I think that we have in our heads so many times. And again, like you just said, this religious idea that if we haven't lived up to every standard, if we haven't done all the right things and prayed all the right prayers and believed all the right things, and that when we mess up, that we are discarded, we're, we're cast off. So why would he want mm-hmm. us? We're not good enough. We'll never be good enough. We'll never measure up. And he's just going to leave us in our stuff. Sort of like, you know, I'm a little older and, uh, and so I'm, I'm actually 61, 60. Yeah. I just turned 62. Forgive me. I'm, I'm oh, a little older, happy birthday. My, well, thank you. My mother, you know, my parents used to say, um, you made your bed. Now you lie in it, mm. you know? And so, mm-hmm. and I thought, I thought Jesus was like that, but he, mm. he showed me that he is not, he is, he is kind and he is watching to meet us right where we're at. Not after we get ourselves all cleaned up, mm-hmm. right? Right. Where we're at right now, today, right now. And do we have to, Yield to him when he comes. Yes, mm-hmm. we do. But he will, he will clean us up. You know, he does that work in us. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I, all I have to do is yield and say yes and trust his love for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I love that uh, you were saying, you know, he came and said, I'm, I'm going to take you all around the world and you're going to preach and all, all this stuff. And you're sitting there in that moment and you're like, okay, I feel like the worst thing in the world. But he says, nope, I choose you. Let's go. <laughs> right. Right. For two weeks, I, I, for two weeks, I just would think about what he said and I would start to just weep. Just really, yeah. I would 
Yeah. I mean, really weeping. And I would say over and over, how can this possibly be? I mean, mm-hmm. how, how do you take someone like me who has so messed up, I have done everything wrong, you know, and yes, I've, I've followed you when you, when you told me come home to my husband and yes, I've been healing and reading my Bible and going to church now, you know, but I had so many, right. We remember our past sometimes mm-hmm. too much, right. We focus, but I, I remembered where I came from to this day. I've been ministering for 25 years, 27 years now. And I, but I still, wow, I can still, I can still get emotional. Oh, yeah remembering that I did not deserve this. I know where I came from. I know who I was and what I was like before he interrupted my life. And I said, yes. And I am grateful every single day. Mm -hmm. Yes. A hundred percent. You know, I serve out of gratitude because I know that you know, not one of us deserves anything. In fact, we all deserve hell. Yes. And he gave us heaven. And then on top of it, he said, he said, come sit up here with me. Right. Come, let me, let me put you on display as a, a trophy of my grace, <laughs> you know? And if that doesn't make us weep, I don't know what should. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So good. So good, Kim. So good. <laughs> <laughs> you actually opened up your book. The Way of the Kingdom with a prophetic dream of a heavyweight championship match. Can you share how the Lord spoke to you through that dream? I can. And I I think that I want to say before I talk about the dream, as I I was praying about our time together and I was thinking about how, you know, prophetic dreams, prophecy, hearing God's voice is, it's important because, um, God is looking for his people to be like, uh, like the tribe of Issachar, you know? So I think I talk Mm -hmm. about that just a little bit in the book. And, uh, because the tribe of Issachar were, they were a group of leaders who could understand and interpret the, the times and the season that Israel were Mm -hmm. in so that they could follow God where he was leading. They could step into that moment and, and they would know what to do. And so, you know, we're in that kind of time. Things are shifting. We have been an incredible disrupting and time, time of shaking where everything around us seems to be changing. And, um, and, and listen, this is, this is not, you know, God is not a, a, on his throne going, I don't know what to do about this. No, he has, yeah. he has a plan, you know, and the thing is we're mm-hmm. God's people. We should be joining in mm-hmm. with that plan. Right. And so there's all mm-hmm. different kinds of times described in scripture, but we are in this Kairos moment where there's window of opportunity has opened up to us and we need to know how to operate in this time, how to understand the signs of the time, interpret them. You know, Luke says in Luke 12, he says that we're God's people. And because we're God's people, we should not, not only be able to say, see the natural signs like the seasons are changing. And so now it's becoming fall and soon it will become Christmas and then it'll be winter. Right. But that we should know the divinely ordered 
times and seasons. In Ecclesiastes 3, the Kohelet, the preacher, he says, you know, there's a time for everything under the sun. There's time to pick up stones and throw away stones. There's time to laugh. There's a time to cry. There's a time to go to war and there's a time for peace. And the, the whole the whole point of that is that the times and the seasons that we live in on the earth from the beginning of time until Jesus comes again and and restores everything the way it should have been, the way it should be uh, for eternity. Until then, these times and seasons we're living on are divinely ordered. And what's more is that there's a right action for every divinely ordered time. And so, so hearing the voice of God is so important because it mm-hmm. helps us understand the time and the season prophetically that we're living in. What's the spiritual time and season? What's going on in the spirit and how do we join God where he's moving? So I had this prophetic dream in, in 2017 and I'm, I'm in the dream and I'm at the championship, the heavyweight championship of the world. And these two fighters come in. One's young. He walks right by me. He just doesn't pay me any attention. And the other one is old, I mean, like old, way past his prime should be way, way like he was a prize fighter of old that has, has, you know, no longer exists. He he's died, you know, but here he comes and he is ripped. I mean, he is so fit and he is ready and he's so strong. You can see the age in his face. And I am like, what, what the heck, how, how can this possibly be? And I, and he stops and he looks at me and I, and I said to him, how, how did you, how did you get so fit? How are you ready for this fight? He, and he says through diligence training and a very strict routine, you know, and right Mm -hmm. after that there, so they're, they're starting this heavyweight prize fight. I mean, the, the, the crowd is the stadium, the auditor, it's completely packed with people and then there's this woman who's all dressed up in full makeup and and garb. She looks to me like a like a, a a geisha, but it doesn't matter. It's not her ethnicity that's important. It's that she's in all this makeup and costume, and so we don't know who she really is. See, she's she's uh, it's a lot. She's deceiving, you know, and um and she takes a shot at at us at the prize fighter and I'm by the cameras and, and I see the shot and I'm screaming, she's got a gun. She's got a gun. I'm trying to warn the prize fighter. You know, she's got a gun. She's got a gun. And the shot goes off and I wake up and I know from the Lord that she missed. And I knew that we were Mm. in a fight as the church inside the church and outside the church, you know, in the ring, out the ring, in the church, outside the church, and I knew that that and here's what I know to wrap it all up, because there's lots of details and there's no need to go into all the details. But I knew the church was supposed to make a comeback, but it wasn't going to happen mm. without a fight. And the fight that we were going to be would be inside the church because because there are those who have a compromised gospel. And so there would be, of course, lots of uncovering and all that, which we're seeing now. And um, and the ch- there would also be a fight outside the church. So within the church among itself and, you know, and outside the church because Jezebel has waged war um, against the church. And so um, all of these things are indications about what is going on right now 
uh, in the kingdom. And, and of course, Jesus said, you know, this is nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. That's what the book is all about. Yes. And you actually mentioned in there that God is not surprised by violence or violent times. But there is uh, something interesting that you wrote. I think it was like in chapter 10, you said, we are the violent. And you talked a little bit about the areas of violent love, violent faith, and violent grace. I really love those. <laughs> I really like it because I'm, I'm a little violent yeah. <laughs> when it comes to my faith and, and my grace and my love. So, <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to hear that. That's awesome. Jesus said from the days of John the Baptist until now, the violent, uh, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. So the, the deal is, is that we are the violent who take it by force, you know, however you want to say that little phrase. But in order to understand the violence that we are to do as kingdom people, so we're talking about the advancing of the kingdom of mm-hmm. God. Whenever there's an advancement of the kingdom of God, there's pushback, mm-hmm. there's opposition, there's violent resistance from the kingdom of darkness. I mean, we know this, it's from the beginning. Listen, when Jesus went to the cross, that was violence. He was suffering violence from darkness. Okay. And of course he got victory Mm -hmm. over that, but, but the violence to the kingdom and to the moves of God on the earth didn't start with the cross and don't Mm -hmm. end there. See, because we saw violence in the, in the garden of Eden. Yes. God is there's supposed to be the screen time, right? And and he's created man and woman. He's given them her image. He says, you know, now take dominion over the, all the earth. Steward everything that I have given you. Be, be my representatives. Use my authority and steward the earth with everything that I give you and that I am. Be as that on the mm-hmm. earth, you know? And, and the enemy comes in and he violently, you know, steals their mm. authority. And from that day on, we have seen violence on the earth to bring to death anything that God is doing. You know, so every time God moves, there is violent opposition. Jesus comes and he's leading a prison break. Mm-hmm. You know, said that he set the captives free, you know. Right. Uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The blind are going to see, sorry, the deaf are going to hear, the the lame are going to be healed. Those with leprosy are going to be healed. And he's even going to conquer death in our lives, you know, and this is, this is an amazing thing. And it's going to do violence to the kingdom of darkness, but the darkness is pushing back with a violence of its own. Right. Mm. So, and so we become the violent, but we become the violent the way Jesus was violent. Yes. We have got yes. to be as the people of God, violent in the way Jesus was violent. Mm-hmm. We have got to practice. We bring the kingdom through violent love and violent mercy and violent forgiveness and violent generosity and all that Jesus is and how he was. Mm-hmm. How, how, how do we know what that really looks like? Well, my favorite example is when Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross mm. And he, he has struggled in the garden with, with this whole idea of going to his death, mm-hmm. you know, 
and he comes out saying, but not my will, God, your will be done. You know, and now, and now he's, he tells his disciples, come on now, they're coming for me. And here comes who? A friend who's going to betray him with a kiss Mm -hmm. and a whole army of, of soldiers who've got spears and, and swords and shields at, they're coming to get Jesus and take him to most brutal death that anyone can die. And he's going to be humiliated and he's going to be spit upon and he's going to be betrayed and he's going to suffer all kinds of violence at the hand of the enemy through, through men who are deceived. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and we're in the, and so, you know, Peter, I can always relate to Peter. God I know. Bless him. You know, he, what does he do? Right? Right. Always. He whips out his sword, you know, and he cuts off the ear of one of the guards because he is going to be violent for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what does Jesus do? He heals his ear. He puts it back. Jesus says, put, yeah, put away your sword. You know, put away your sword. And he grabs the ear of his enemy. Mm-hmm. Right back to the 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 Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. He he loves his enemy, yeah, and he heals his enemy's ear. I, I mean, these these are men who are against him. They're going to take him to his death. They think he is an imposter. They think that he is a blasphemer and that he deserves death. And he heals his ear. And this is mm-hmm. becoming the violent. And so violent love has to be our motivation because violent love it. Puts Puts to death all our other lovers, right? Self-love, our love of money, our our need, our love of fame, to be famous, to be the next celebrity, Mm -hmm. even in the church. Listen, even in the church, you know, our love of pleasure, which leads us into all kinds of sexual immorality, right? That hurts us, but it puts to death. Violent love, the way Jesus loved, gives us the strength to lay Mm -hmm. down our lives for others because we mm-hmm. don't even love our own lives even under the death, right? Amen. It gives us the willingness, it gives us the ability by the power of the Holy Spirit to pay the cost of being loving the way Jesus loved, even if it costs us mm-hmm. our lives. Yes, 100%. Right? And 1 Corinthians 13, Paul told us, if I have if I don't have love, I I'm just a narcissist. It's all for me. I've done, I've done nothing for others. I can, I can prophesy your socks off. I can, I can have a gift of faith and say, you know, mountain move and see it move. I can see all kinds of miracles, signs and wonders. But if I don't have love, then on that day, Jesus says, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really know you. You, mm-hmm. you weren't representing me because Jesus violently loved. He loved yeah. us so much. He went to the cross for our sake. Right. And then violent grace, right? It's the faculty because grace really is the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. It enables us to do the good works that he created for us to do beforehand. So the good works, what does that look like? It's not just moral good works or ethical good works. It's also supernatural good works. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit to bring healing like Jesus healed the ear that we will hear like, oh, my favorite healing is the the beautiful gate, the gate called beautiful Mm. when they're, they're going to the temple and the beggar the beggar who's sitting mm-hmm. and he's been lame for years, you know, and he's left to do nothing but beg by the side of the road. They, 
they lift him up and they heal him and he dances for joy and gives glory to God. And isn't this the way it's supposed to be? We, we've been given the power, the faculty to do good works because the Holy Spirit has been poured out and is in us. And now we can be witnesses of Jesus. We can preach and demonstrate the gospel of the kingdom. And we have the power to violently push back darkness with these good works. Yes. Not violent. Yes. We're, we're not being violent the way the enemy is violent. We don't use the enemy's tools right. to fight fight the king. We use the things that Jesus, the good works and the power that Jesus gave us. And then Lastly, the violent faith that I mentioned in the book is really the foundation, right? To believe mm-hmm. God, take him at his word, to obey his word through trial and testing and tribulation. Every every person in the Bible that is talked about and represented in the hall of faith, you know, mm-hmm. Hebrews chapter 11, it wasn't that they did it perfectly. It was that it, they obeyed the word through the trial, through the testing, they came out still believing God, even in the face of opposition. And that moves mountains of darkness. That does kingdom violence. And that's what it means to be violent and take it by force. Mm, I love that so much. 100%. You know, it's interesting. As soon as you said the garden, my mind didn't go to the garden of Eden. My mind went to the garden of Gethsemane, and I saw Jesus. And I saw him on the ground warring. You know, he was saying, nevertheless, not not my will, but yours be done. Sweating great drops of blood. Right. And, I, and I feel like people make it about violence in, in, in other manners, violence that doesn't do violence to ourselves. Right. But we should be violent with our own will. You know, it should be, nevertheless, <laughs> not my will, but yours be done. Absolutely. And we should be violent with our tongues, our own tongues. We should restrain our our own tongues and not lend them to unrighteous things, unrighteous speech, you know, because I think we have to remember that our tongue belongs to another. We're now um, a member of Christ's body. It belongs to Christ and Christ alone. So important that that point that you just brought up is so important. You know, Paul says, uh, don't let any corrupt speech come out of your mouth. Right. And that word corrupt actually means dried up. Mm -hmm. So don't let dried up speech come out of your mouth. Don't let things that are deceptive or that dry up other people's lives. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we meet people every day whose lives have been dried up by the circumstances and the situations that they face. Mm-hmm. We live in a, in a world where if we have not yet met Jesus and those of us who have met Jesus, we encounter the kind of warfare, the kind of situations in our lives. People get sick, people get hurt, people are worried, people are <laughs> facing a pandemic for nearly two years. Yeah. And and they're dried up in their spirit by that, right? Mm-hmm. And then we come along and we we release dried up words. We release release words that are not full of grace and seasoned with salt right. as we're called to right. 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 And so they don't empower anyone. They don't encourage anyone. They don't bring the living water of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
you know, but we, we, instead we, we complain with them. We, we bring discouragement by agreeing with them that things are not going to change. We, we curse and we say things that are, that are not pleasing Mm -hmm. to the Lord. And, and when we do, we just, we just take them deeper into their dryness. We don't, we don't heal Mm -hmm. that dryness. The power of life and death is in the Mm -hmm. tongue. And Proverbs says, and so that, that life, are we going to bring life or are we going to bring death when we open up our mm-hmm. mouth? You know, and it, it, if you look at that passage that says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, it's actually speaking to our words. Anytime our words don't give grace to the hearer, anytime we don't give undeserved, unmerited favor to the hearer, yeah. you know, anytime we bring yeah. condemnation or we put them back under the law or we, you know, right. we we point out their sins or their flaws instead of uh, pointing them to who they are in Christ and how they can rise above it and who they truly are. Just like you said, we're 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 drying them up even further. And that's a way that we can we can do violence to the kingdom of darkness because right there in that garden when Jesus said, "Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done." When we encounter a person right in front of us and we say, "This is who you are." I see you as a beloved child of God. Right now, right there, we are doing violence to the kingdom of darkness. We are destroying strongholds in that person's mind. We are bringing down every high and lofty thing that has exalted itself against the true knowledge of God right there in that person's mind. Right. Absolutely right. How important is that in this moment Mm -hmm. of time when we have... We have anxiety, suicide, depression right now are at pandemic, that it's a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it is uh, part of the emotional fallout of what's happening in our world right now. And we have the words of life. Mm -hmm. We can do violence to that depression, to that anxiety, to that captivity that they're in by bringing words of life. You're absolutely right. That is being the violent. Mm-hmm. It is. And, you know, you know, I am a, a praying person, but over the last two years that we've, you know, been experiencing the pandemic, I have wept so much for the body of Christ. I have wept so much for people all around me, friends, loved ones, random strangers. Yeah. Because so many are, they're so hurting. I, I get choked up talking about that. Yeah. They're so hurting. And, yeah, so and if we can take one moment and, and shine a light of God's mercy into that moment and say, I see you, I hear you, I'm with you. And this is what God says about your situation. But we have to be able to hear the voice of God and hear what God is saying and, and do what he's doing. That's right. That's so important. That's right. Yeah. Is there anything, Kim, burning on your heart that you want to say directly to our listeners right now? Yeah, I want to say don't give up. This is not a time to give up. The signs that we are seeing right now, all the violence that's happening in the world, all the things that we are experiencing that are just shaking just everything we thought we knew and we're coming into this sort of new era and nothing seems to be the same. I want you to know that God is moving 
in your life to bring you a new understanding of who you are and how to be in this world. These signs that we are seeing are actually a sign of God moving. We are going to experience a great move of God. There is coming a great harvest where many, some say billions, are going to come into the kingdom and God is getting us ready. And how is he getting us ready? Well, you know that the enemy seems to be trying to take advantage of all this to get us to lay down, roll over, take our ball and go home. And that is not what God is saying. I'm telling you what God is saying is that there is a great mission ahead Mm -hmm. and the things in your life that need to be shaken up so that he can bring a reordering, so he can bring a repositioning so he can bring a transformation a renewing of your mind he is doing these things so that you can see the things in your life you need to deal with right now that maybe you haven't dealt with for a long time so if you're if you are suddenly remembering things from your childhood you're suddenly getting getting re, re triggered in trauma like you feel like you're having some PTSD I'm telling you that I'm telling you that I'm telling you which means I am prophesying to you right now. God wants to heal you. God is wanting, he is letting it come up to the surface so that you can see what it is that is holding you back and that will not serve you well in this next new season that we are in and in the move of God that is coming. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. And he wants to, then he wants to reform and restore your life in such a way that you will be powerful and that you can join him in this great mission and move of God that is coming. And I just want to say to you, God, he loves you so much. He is so for you. He has not left you and he has not forsaken you and you are not alone. I'm asking you to look up and put your eyes back on Jesus and let him come into your life by the power of the Holy Spirit right now. And if you don't know Jesus right now, I'm telling you, oh, he loves you. Oh, he already knows you. Mm-hmm. He wants to put you in the palm of his hand, a place where no one can snatch you out so that you would know the love of God like you have never known before. And it would be settled in your heart that you are not an orphan, but you are a beloved child and that God has a purpose for your life. For the rest of you, I just know that God is wanting to heal you right now. He wants to heal your emotional state. He wants you to hear again the call that is on your life. And he wants to bring you into this new place, whole and healed and restored, so he can send you out to do violence against darkness. I also just want to say one other thing. I, I, I have been hearing again and again and again that there is right now this special moment or this opportunity to focus on your family because God wants to rebuild the family altar. He wants your children to receive the Holy Spirit and to know that they are a part of this move of God and they can hear God's voice and they can be powerful and full of the Holy Spirit. 
And this is not only for you, but for your children, your children's children. And we are to remember again who we are and what God has given us for the generations of our families. And I want you to know that God right now is saying, if you'll just come and let me speak to you, I will show you and give you a strategy how your family can be healed and restored. And I just pray a blessing over your family right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Kim. Uh, it was so, so powerful. I know it's going to help so many people. And uh, if you want to get a copy of Kim's new book, I will put links to it uh, in the show notes at uh, cpnshows.com. You can check her out at kimmas.com. That's K-I-M-M-A-A-S.com. Kim, thank you so much for being with me here today. This has been such a powerful conversation. Oh, thank you, Christina. I'm so glad that you asked. It's my honor, really, and privilege to talk to your people. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. Seven 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 eight, And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.